I want to say something of, of an instructional way as a pastor this morning. Some of you are new to this type of church, and I don't want you to ever feel forced to do anything. That's not our style. You know, when we were singing that song, hands lifted up high, you know, some of you were reserved about not lifting your hand. Don't worry about that. Just worship God your own way. Okay? Is that good enough? Is that straight? Because I remember one time in college that I'd gone to the churches. I went to certain churches until the need, until the need was so big I had to go to the Spirit-filled church. And, um, and I remember that I didn't lift up my hands. And they were singing a psalm similar like that. And they'd sing it and, and I'd see people lift up their hands and and, um, but I wanted everything God had for me. And one of the things that lifting up your hands does, the word says, I would that all people lift up hands to God. And, and one of the reasons why we do that is to surrender to God, lift up holy hands without wrath and doubting, and, and, and just, you know, as a sign that Father, I've surrendered to you. Again, no condemnation if you're not comfortable with it. But I, I was in this environment for some time before I lifted up my hands. So <laughs> I, I do remember one day I was prompted to do that, and I thought everybody was looking at me. Everybody had to be looking at me. And they're going to, you know, so I was like, there was a song that was going to, you know, uh, I will lift up my hand in thy name or something like that. And then, then it would sing along, and I'm, I'm like, man, I missed that first time. <laughs> I will lift, then the second time goes on, and I will lift up my hands in thy name, and I went for it. I just, I did this. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, wow, that didn't feel so bad, and no one's looking at me. It's, a, it's your own personal way of how you want to worship. We all have different personalities, so all I'm saying is, you know, don't be caught up in that. Uh, and it's, it's ended up being a blessing in my life because it's a sign of surrender. It's a sign of worship. It's a sign of reverence. It's a sign of the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So that's why I believe, um, you know, it's such a blessing for us to do that. Everybody ready for a brief message? Lots already happened today, right? Thank God for it. So now we're just going to talk a little bit more about God being our keeper, God being our protector. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, describes the day we're living in, I believe. But understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble will come difficult times, hard times. We're like saying, man, this is an awesome message. Well, for people will be lovers of themselves, will be narcissistic. Self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. Parents, I want to single you out today. I, I'm so proud of you bringing your children to church. It is necessary. Assembly is required. Your, your child, no matter how small or how, how uh, whatever age category they fit, there is a word. One word from God can help them this next week in school. One word from God. There's something about churched kids that is special. Let's be a good role model for our kids. So in the latter times, 
They'll be ungrateful, unholy, profane, and they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused, inhuman, inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited. I feel like I'm watching the 6 o'clock news. And lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of outward godliness. But man, it's all of the heart. Although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. I think I should say that again. For their conduct nullifies their claim to faith. You can say you're a Christian, but if you don't have the necessary fruit, are you truly one? And the Word says when people act like this, avoid such people and keep far away from them. Wow. There, there are times that I've been led to, you know, try to get close to people, not in a buddy-buddy way, but just trying to get close, praying over them because they desperately need Jesus. And when I live my life in an example, my words line up with my actions, and then, you know, it's not just all about us pulling people into the kingdom of God and getting saved. It's about us, when God opens the door, tell our story. And when that happens, and even, even when you're just acting in, uh, in front of them for a while, when that happens, God begins to draw them by the Holy Spirit, where they would begin to want what you have on your life. There's something about Christians that have a peace that passes all understanding. We can have peace in troubled times. Because I have a defender. His name is Jesus. I have a keeper. His name is Jesus. So we're living in dangerous times in a fallen world. And I thank God, like last week, it's worth repeating, I thank God for Memorial Day. We, we actually uh, watched some, some war movies. And they are very vivid and, and takes you there as much as possible. Wow. You know, I get, I get upset when, when people need help and they need to go to a counselor and they think other people are going to think down on them. My goodness. There's all kinds of PTSD in the military, in our police force, in the ministry, because you, you handle challenges all the time and, 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 you know, you stay filled with God and but uh, you better, you know, we all try to watch ourselves so we don't get pulled down by that. But if you need counseling and you've been considering it, I'm saying get that counseling and we will think higher of you. Because sometimes you need a professional that will help you sort of see the way you're thinking. And they, they, that's what they do all day long. We help you with the word. But also there is sometimes it's necessary for people to get counseling. Just want us to say that. There's no stigma. I mean, the world wants to put a stigma on it. Don't do that. You go and get you some help if you need that. So we're living in dangerous times in a fallen world. I thank God for the military, the police, the sheriff, FBI, Homeland Security, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Special Forces. We have uh, sheriff and police that we hire every service. So they can be here to help our security people and that we would be safe, 
right? We pray over, we thank God the angels can camp around about us, but it's good to have a marked car when people are coming in the parking lot, right? And it's good also that we have highly trained security people here, highly. So Psalm 127 says, except the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. Who built it? This is one of, one of my top five scriptures, I would say. And except the Lord does what? Keeps the city or protects the city. The watchman wakes, but in vain. I thank God for security systems. We do everything naturally possible. We pray over it, but we also have checks and balances. The common English Bible said, unless it is the Lord who builds the house, the builder's work is pointless. Unless it is the Lord who protects the city, the guard on duty is pointless. So we have a combination. We have a, a, a lady that on Wednesday night comes quite frequently, and uh, she's a believer, and she says, you know, I'm here to do my job, but boy, I do like this church. <laughs> it's good to do our part to protect ourselves naturally, but that's not enough. Because except the Lord keeps the city. Say it with me, God is my keeper. God is my protector. Now, Psalm 59.9 says, Oh, my strength, I watch and give heed to you and sing praises, for God is my defense. He is my protector. He is my high tower. Psalm 145.14 says, The eternal holds up any who are falling and raises all who are bowed down. How many times does God protect us when we didn't realize he did? I'll tell you how many times, well, I can't tell you how many times it happened to me, but how many have ever gotten in the car to go to a destination and all of a sudden you're at that destination, you didn't know how you got there? Let's not do that. <laughs> Let's be aware of our surroundings. Every time that you know, my dad's been in heaven, what, for seven years now? Going to be eight. And um, one of the things when we were backing out of the, his, uh, his driveway, he'd come out and he'd just stand there. Beware of your surroundings. Watch the road. So I think I need to say... Be aware of your surroundings. Watch the road. Slow down and be aware of what's going on around you. Psalm 34, 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him, those who revere and worship him with all, and each of them he delivers. How many want a hedge of protection of angels around you? around wherever your kids go, around your workplace, wherever you go, you can have it. But there is a condition to that promise. What does it say? The angels of the Lord encamps around about those who, that does not mean I'm afraid of God. That means, God, I seek you first. God, I cover my family. God, as far as I know, 
uh, I'm okay, but forgive me for any sin of commission or omission. I come boldly to your throne of grace today. God, you are first in my life. I reverence you. I fear you, God. You know what? You've got an impenetrable shield around about you. Don't be in fear about sending your kids to school. Send them covered in the name of Jesus. You pray over them. We would pray over our kids every day. We'd make confessions of the Scripture on the way to school. We would. Then we'd get really goofy. Can you imagine me getting goofy? There's a goofy side of me. Psalm, one, or Psalm 3, 1 through 3 says, The Lord, oh Lord, I have so many enemies. You ever feel like that? So many are against me. So many are, are, are saying, God will never rescue you. But you, oh Lord, you are my shield around me. You are my glory and the one who lifts up my head. There, there's the presence of God here to help lift up your head and encourage you today that you're going to make it, you're going to move forward, and, and wherever you were stuck, now you're unstuck, and you're going to make progress. You know, the Apostle Paul could identify with the psalmist, for he was surrounded by hundreds of hostile Jews, and there was literally at least 40 of them, I just read that, uh, were bent on his destruction, and they had a plot to assassinate him, seemed foolproof, except for the fact that Paul knew the Lord was the lifter of his head. And in fact, God had already arranged for Paul's nephew to hear of the plan, and, that, and he took that plan to the commander of the army of the evil plot, and then the commander intervened. And the plot was stopped. Thank God. Say with me, God is my keeper. God is my protector. I will not fear. There's a place in the rest of the Lord where we do not fear the plots of the enemy. Instead, we lie down. We can go to sleep because the Lord sustains us. There, there was a, during... World War I, pretty sure, or World War II. But Kenneth E. Hagan, uh, he, he was, in, as a term of endearment, Dad Hagan, talked about in wartime, bombs were busting this city all, all devastatingly. And, 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 you know, you go to the bunkers and you go to the places where you can get safe. Well, they, they were missing this one particular lady, and they were concerned about her. And so they were like, all of a sudden, you know, a day or two later, she just started walking since there wasn't an air raid at that time. And people said, where were you? What happened? We thought you had, you know, lost your life. And she said, I was sleeping in my bed because the Word says, God does not sleep nor slumber, so if one of us is going to stay awake, I might as well go to sleep. <laughs> no, no, no. Personally, I'm in the bunker. Someone says, well, where's your faith? I'm going to the bunker. 
<laughs> it's like how foolishly some people think that because the word says, by Jesus' stripes, you're healed. We prayed over people to be healed today. How foolish is it to think that you can't go to a doctor? What is that? That's ridiculous. We've got a good team that works on our minds and our bodies and, and I guess I'm sort of a physician or a doctor helping you guys today. <laughs> but um, there is a real place of rest in God. We are encircled by God's protection, and Satan cannot enter the circle without God's permission. So we fear God so the angels encamp around about us, but there is an enemy called the devil. He's a fallen angel, and he'll try to throw words at you to get you in fear. He'll try to get you to think about the symptoms rather than the the healing, And, and he's trying to get us in fear because If you get in fear, you make a breach in that hedge of protection. That's why every day, I know know I've been born again. I I know that my sins uh, have been canceled. And I know I'm a new creation in Christ. I have a a, a new life. But there are times we need to keep our heart clear when we miss it before God. Say, God, I am so sorry. I ask you to forgive me. When your heart condemns you, God doesn't condemn you. I don't condemn you. But when your your heart, you know, senses you just went over the line, pay attention to your heart. And again, the way that you missed it is the way you should get it right. If you missed it one-on-one with somebody, it's no one else's business. Go get it right. I've had people before um, come to me uh, about a certain staff member or volunteer, and I said, hold, hold on really quick. You need to go and talk to them about that, and if you guys can't work it out, then you guys can come, come see us. So... God is good. And I, I do like to address things as soon as possible. You know, David in Psalm 3, 7, and 8 says, Arise, O Lord, rescue me, my God. <laughs> Look at that. I didn't say that. The Word said that. Slap all my enemies in the face. Come on, I finally found a scripture. <laughs> I finally found that scripture. That, that's uh, pretty much a new favorite scripture for me. God slapped my enemies right in the face. Um, let's get back in the New Testament and walk in love. Words, bless, love, bless, do good, and all that wonderful stuff. That's a wonderful scripture, isn't it? But whatever the plot the enemy may have devised, God has a messenger. God has a nephew, God has an auntie, God has a word in the pulpit sometimes that will just light up and cause you to see direction, Uh, and and, um, it's a wonderful thing to be protected by God. Say with me, God is my protector. God is my keeper. You know, uh, um, 
think one of the final things we'll be able to say today, please come back. This, I'm not done, done with this. There's, there's too much to go fast on. Um, but listen to this. Uh, your purpose is your protection. You being in your purpose is the safest place you could ever be. Missionaries who are supposed to be there on assignment from God, they are more protected on the third world countries than being here in the United States because that's their purpose. Whatever your purpose is, that's where your provision will be and that's where your protection will be. That's why we don't just, just at random say, I think I'll go do this. And then you ask God to bless that plan of yours. No, find God's plan for your life. It's already blessed. Favor upon your life. You know, this, this life of ours is like a vapor. So, so, so quick. We want to all be able to say, when we go before the Lord, all I want to hear is him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in and enter into the joy of the Lord. But that's why since, since my college years, when I turned on fire for God, the biggest catalyst for me moving forward and not stopping ever was being filled with the Holy Spirit and power. Not only it enabled me, it strengthened me to move forward, but also helped me be a blessing to someone else. Your purpose is your protection. Satan did everything he could to stop Paul from reaching Rome, but nothing could stop Paul. He was in divine protection. Two weeks he suffered a storm, but it didn't stop him. A snake bite, poisonous, that could have stopped him, but it didn't. Not even a plot to kill him could stop him. As long as you are moving in your purpose, nothing can stop you. Saul could not stop David. Joseph's brothers could not stop Joseph. Pharaoh could not stop Moses. God's angels are around you now to protect you as you fulfill the mission God has for you. Being in God's purpose for your life is like being in the right lane on a highway. Being out of the purpose of God is all of a sudden setting yourself up for a collision or an accident. I know there's a sort of a spirit of the fear of the Lord on this message but if you're here to say, I, I don't know if it's my purpose, you know, and I always tell people, serve your way to your destiny. Just start volunteering. If you can't do too much, volunteer once a month. I remember one time I was so overwhelmed when I was an assistant pastor with Bishop Ash and Lady Joy at St. Peter's World Outreach. I remember looking at the mirror in the restroom saying, man, how am I going to get all this done? What? am I supposed to do? And I just I don't mean, mean I heard a voice or anything, but it came up in my spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit's in your spirit. And your spirit can, can uh, you know, let you know and be aware of the direction of God. And I'll never forget 
standing at that mirror and just sensing in my heart, because of the way my wife and I served Bishop Passion Lady Joy, we would never lack for people to help us in the ministry. You know, for whatever reason, being in the ministry, some people, some people want to think it's preaching. Listen, I never asked for a pulpit. I didn't care to have a pulpit. Whatever God's plan is for our life, it's our, God's plan for our life. But you know what? Even though I'm a pastor, I'm still in the helps ministry because I serve the Hagans and I serve Bishop Passion Lady Joy. I'm going to say it again. Every pastor needs a pastor. And every leader needs a, we ought to have somebody over us to check and balance us. God is a protector over our life, our family, our church, our business, our nation. The Lord is keeping us even when we're not aware of it. It'd be amazing when we get to heaven if, if God would allow us to, to look at just different ways God protected us without us knowing. Let me go over one, one uh, final sort of illustration to this. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 11 through 17, I'm reading this in the New Living Translation. And this is a king of Syria plotting to capture Elisha. Verse 11, the king of Aram, or Syria, became very upset over this. Over what? We'll read that in a minute. He called his officers together and demanded, which of you is the traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? He thought he had a traitor in his inner circle. Verse 12 says, it's not us, my Lord, one of the officers replied. It's Elisha, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. My goodness. God can go into board meetings for you. God can tap somebody on the shoulder and, and they come and help you. Verse 13, he said, go, the king said, go find where he is so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back. Elisha is at Dothan. So one night, the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. How would you like to be Elisha's helper at that moment? Well, when Elisha's servant or helper of the man of God got up early the next morning, he went down to get his continental breakfast and and he, he started to look outside, and he went outside, and there were troops, there were horses, there were chariots everywhere. And he started to cry out, oh, sir, what will we do now, Elisha? I'm following you. What are we going to do? Well, the first thing Elisha said is, what? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him. For there are more on our side than theirs. Elisha sees and knows he has angels encamped around about him in the realm of the spirit that are, that are here just like we are in the spirit surrounding us. 
We walk by faith and not by sight. We have spiritual protection. Then Elisha prayed, oh, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And Elisha, his prayer was that his servant could actually see the reality of their protection in this situation. And what was behind the veil, the realm of eternity, there is a natural world. You're sitting on a natural seat. We, we you know, this is real. But the spirit realm is what created the natural realm, and God did it by speaking words out of his mouth that he believed in his heart. And God said, and it was so. And God said, and it was so. But there is a supernatural realm, and the veil is getting thinner and thinner because Jesus is coming back soon. And I'm just going to be about my father's business. Verse 17, the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. My goodness. If we could just see behind the veil what's going on in this room today. But that's why we pray. Because God had and has a word for you every time we come into this house. That's sort of like breaking of the loaves and the fishes. You know, it just multiplies, and I believe there's a word for every single one of you every time we get together. Maybe a word of instruction. Could be a word of correction. It could be, uh, you know, something that you don't need to be doing anymore. It could be whatever God says, of course. Thank you, Father. And finally, the reason we are still here today is because of God's mercy God is our keeper God is our protector and the angels of God encamp around about us because we fear him let's pray Father thank you for your word today thank you for what happened in the lives of those who graduated today Thank you for your anointing to remove, bur remove burdens and destroy yokes over the process of grief. grief. I thank you for the healing power of God that, that is working mightily in all those who have suffered from migraines or were in this morning. Father, give them wisdom and the right doctors and the right path to help them. Anything they need to do, Father, give them wisdom. I want to give you a final shout here. Go get counseling. Go get counseling. Don't, don't resist that. Don't think there's a stigma on that. You know, I, I, I came to finally to a place in life where I, I want everybody to like me, but I don't really care what people think about me as it, you know, as it pertains to what I do about doctors and all that kind of stuff. Literally, we've had people uh, come down on us because we followed all the protocols for COVID-19 they left the church because they said, where is your faith? But God continues to bring beautiful people like yourself. And we use wisdom. And we 
do follow protocol. And Father, thank you for it. Very briefly, if you just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment, I'm going to share the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. Take just a minute. If you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? You need to be able to answer that question instantly. Here's a simple answer, because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Word of God says that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Word of God says the wages of sin is death. But there's a free gift of God called eternal life. Because Jesus, who lived sinless, could die on the cross for all of our shortcomings, all of our sins and iniquities. And then on the third day, God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, Jesus is alive. He's the Savior of the whole world. But we have to receive him as instructed in the Word of God. You might believe Jesus is Savior, but have you owned him? Have you received him? Have you taken him as your Lord? Again, you're bowing your heads to close your eyes. No one looking around. And, and if you're here today, and you're going to remain right where you are. If you're here today, I'm getting ready to pray a prayer of salvation. And, and if you would like to be included in this prayer of salvation, lift up your hand where I can see it. Then, I, then you just put it right back down. Go ahead and lift up your hand now. Don't care about the person to the right or left of you. This, this is your day. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Come on, anybody else? It's, there's faith here to lift up your hand. Receive. Receive what Jesus did for you. God never intended for you to go to hell, but there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. And Jesus is a bridge. He's the way to heaven. Hell was created for the devil and all of his angels that split heaven open and rebelled against God. I'm going to wait just another moment. Anybody else need to raise your hand? Looking to my right, your left. most important prayer you could ever pray in the center here to my left and to your right everybody I want you to pray this with me for those who raised their hand or wanted to all those online say this with me Father I believe Jesus is your son I believe he died on the cross for all my sin I believe he paid my death penalty because he lived an innocent life. I believe that you raised Jesus on the third day. Jesus is alive. Jesus is Savior of the world. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God, we know, according to your word, that Jesus is alive. Now say this aloud with me. Say, God, I believe in Jesus. I believe he's alive. Now I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior, and I receive you as my Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you that I'm saved. I thank you that I'm a new creature. I thank you that all my sins have been remitted, wiped out as though it never existed. God, you're a good God. I renounce my past, 
And I'm moving forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can you...